This time, this beat feels like it actually came out of one of your videos. Yeah, probably. It's like Will made a note. He was like watching one of your videos, and he made a note. He's like, "Oh, that 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 track looks royalty free. <laughs> Maybe I'll use it at the start when we actually have him as a guest." This is a vibe. It is. Shut up, Will. This is sick. I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling all right. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're, we're we're lucky enough to have yet another guest. Man, it's uh, what a ride it's been. Yeah, so many cool people in the seat. Killing it. I mean, I feel honored to be here in the seat of uh, many of my uh, uh, people I look up to. Esteemed colleagues. Esteemed colleagues. <laughs> mm. All right, your channel's called Canoopsie. Your name is Isaac. That's me. What's the, uh, I, I hate to do this to you. <laughs> Like, I really, it's painful for me to do this to you right now. Hit me. The name Canoopsie, where did it come from? I had to do it, man. People don't know. They, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. I, I just. I understand. I mean, I am Canadian. I do make a lot of mistakes. Canoopsie. That's not it, though. <laughs> Whoa, no. that wasn't bad, though. I might have went there. See, that's what, that's what I go with now whenever anybody asks. But uh, it's, it's kind of a childhood nickname for some reason. I don't really know why or the original origins. Maybe I should call my dad and ask him, but we're not going to do that today. Wow. <laughs> See, normally when you have a nickname, it's something short. Yeah. This is not that short. And it has nothing to do with my name too, right? Isaac Canoopsie. What's the relation there? Nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing. I'm kind of into this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a deep dive one of these days. Okay, cool. And you come back and let us know once. And maybe you know, at some point there'll be a Wikipedia that goes mm -hmm. into... The historical significance. You got something going on on YouTube, is that right? I do, yeah. I make tech YouTube, tech and lifestyle YouTube videos. I'm a photographer, videographer. I do designs. I'm an artist. I do a lot of different things, and I like to bring them all together in whatever way I can. This is like when you have when somebody asks you the question, what do you do? Mm. And then you just bombard them with all the things you are. I just toss it all at them, yeah. And so they're, they're just like, okay, cool, man, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just go with I make tech lifestyle videos on YouTube, Canoopsie. Even even that though is a little more than I would typically do. I'm trying to escape those situations often. What do you say? Oh man, it's a variety, but I just be like I'm in media, and that's mm. it. Bye, see you later. But you're right. Sometimes that piques mm. curiosity too much, and then I oh. might have to move into doing saying just media. I mean, yeah, or, or or I'll say online, but then people think it's people think. You know what I'm saying? I know what you mean. When you say I do online videos, yeah, that goes it, into different places. It's weird. Like, so I've tried a few different versions, but uh, marketing, you can always say like marketing or uh, I don't know, man. I just. Yeah, I can't say marketing. All my art student friends, they all start hating me if I say advertising or marketing. Sure. So I can't say that. Okay. So. Yeah, that one's just, out of the question. I think it's one of those situations where it's, uh, you got to consider the person asking the question. True. And really what would be suitable for that mm. individual you know if it's a grandmother asking or if it's a, a colleague as you yeah. say you can be more specific and tailor the response to the person sure that makes because, sense because i mean eventually it gets tiring explain you can make money doing that i mean yeah and then yeah and i've, I've had all those discussions better believe it. and you have the first question which indicates to you the next seven mm. and you're like i'm gonna i think i'm gonna skip the next seven just this time 
yeah. and say something that isn't going to result in seven more exactly. you got questions. It. So you're in the scene a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I've been uh, doing this for a little bit, as we were talking about. I mean, turns out my channel's been doing tech-related videos for about eight years, which is shocking. I'd say the last five or six years have been, you know, hardcore tech is the thing. This is what I do, phones, tablets, computers. And then just recently, the last couple of years, I've added the lifestyle angle into that and how uh, tech and life intersect, I guess you could say. Mm. Eight years. You're not that old. No, I'm 22. You're not as old as I'm. So are you one of these kid YouTubers? Is that you? I was, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of grew up using YouTube. I started my channel 2007, a year after it, YouTube kind of came out, right? 2006. Then those first, like, uh, I don't know, many years was just nothing. 2007? Yeah. What do you say? That's more than eight years. No, 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 no. I started my channel then, but I was just posting nothing. That's all deleted. It was just me watching videos. So I have a... You know, a 13, 14 year old channel. If you check the, uh, wow. yeah, I got one of those legacy YouTube channels, <laughs> but I never really made anything of value back then. It was just, you know, I'm a kid. I want to make YouTube videos, right? I did like toy reviews and that's all gone, thankfully. But <laughs> now let me ask you something. When you go back into the archives, do you permanently delete something or do you just private it? Um, usually I actually downloaded everything. So I have most of it on okay. like a hard drive somewhere. Okay. I got some CDs with my videos on them. Let's too. go. There you are. <laughs> Legacy media. But, uh, I like to keep as much as I can. There's some stuff that's just lost. Maybe it's on an old computer somewhere, an old, uh, iMac G3 or something. But, uh, you know, I like to just keep it as consistent as possible. And seeing some of these videos up here, looks like I got to go back through and uh, private some stuff. <laughs> Will always likes to go. I know. And, and then. He, back to the roots. And, you know, you know? No, that's how he justifies it. But really, mm -hmm. he just likes to embarrass people by immediately traveling to the old videos. Of the, he, sort by date. Here you go. Explain yourself. I know. I'm <laughs> out here with my old intro. This is actually an interesting video here. I used to buy and sell phones on Kijiji just because uh, I never could really get the latest phone. And I used to just try to trade up and some guy sold me, some loser sold me this uh, fake Galaxy S5 and uh, it ruined me because I spent all my money on this phone, right? <laughs> he I, sold it to you as a, as a real one. But, right. you know, back in the day, there was like all these knockoff phones that of were course, so yeah. close to the real thing, but they had like uh, some MediaTek processor versus whatever the Snapdragon was. And they obviously weren't real. And uh, th that ruined me. So I made a video about it. It got a crazy amount of views. I guess through AdSense, I was able to pay it off and I sold the phone to somebody who knowingly bought it as a fake and it all worked out. So it's one of those weird video stories here. YouTube stories. That can yeah. happen. It's, um, I've talked to a number of creators about justifications around purchases because in, in their mind, they're able to say, well, it'll be part of a video and then yeah. I'm going to make back money and then I can have the thing. And then weirdly, this... Uh, mesh takes place between enthusiasm around a thing and work yeah. and it kind of merges together and then you can't figure out where those lines are anymore and what's an actual interest and what's good for video yeah it's tough i mean there's some years where i have to keep getting the latest piece of tech every single year just because it's you know it's the job but if it was up to me, I'd keep like, I don't know, I want to keep an Apple Watch for like 10 years and just let it degrade and mm. it's like cracked, it's old, it's dented, the software isn't, isn't updated anymore. But I find there's something, there's just a bit of a charm to that aging piece of technology versus something you have to upgrade every single year. You don't get to really sink your teeth into this 
piece of tech that is part of your life, hmm. I guess. So if you weren't doing this, if this wasn't your line of work, what phone would you be using right now? I feel like I'd buy like an iPhone 12 Pro and just keep it for five years. Because <laughs> okay. it's so good. Sure, but five years, if we go back five years, that would be like an iPhone yeah. 7. Would yeah. you be holding that right now? I mean, 7, 8. I feel like a lot of people I know, they have most phones like iPhone 7s, 10Rs, old devices, no complaints. Yeah. And I just feel like something tech YouTube really misses out on is just the fact that not everybody's buying a new iPhone every year. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a lot of these review videos, they're saying, oh, the 12 is the same as the 13. But I mean, who's buying a 13 unless you're a really big tech enthusiast? I mean, I did. I like having the latest cameras. I like having the newest phone just because I love technology. But a lot of people aren't going from a 12 to a 13 within a year, right? So I feel which, like which is part of the disconnect that I've also discussed here before with other people is that exactly. it's, it's weird how your enthusiasm brings you to this place uh, where you don't have all that much in common with the version of yourself that initially had the enthusiasm to get into the space mm -hmm. in the first place. Yeah, I've been trying to get back there too and just really understand like, I mean, that's my channel tagline is tech videos for humans. I try to really strip back a lot of my biases as a, a tech fan and think about, okay, a regular person, how are they interacting with a piece of tech that just dropped? Are they going to be interested? What should they look out for? If they have like a, an Android from like five years ago, is this new phone worth it? Mm. And what can you actually do with something versus just here's a spec list of like 18 different things. You don't know what half of them mean. Let me show you what you can actually do with something. Right. How it fits into life. How does it work? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's cool. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice angle. But part of me struggles with the fact that our businesses kind of orbit these enormous uh, entities yeah. that are doing the things they're doing and then we sort of shuffle into our activities we find our spot we put our thing because our businesses rely on it and so we can put slight twists here and there but if all of a sudden your channel goes strictly retro let's say yeah and you don't have these huge taglines that might have a detrimental effect on your ability to reach people exactly i mean it's a, it's a tough balance right it's a tough balance of figuring out what to present and how to present it and some channels do retro stuff very very well like that's their thing and they get like way more views than i do because they have a very specific fan base so it's all about really just finding what makes sense and i'm still i'm still on my way there i mean i'm a relatively small channel um and what, is that, what, to, what is a small channel mean? well versus everybody else that's been on here right <laughs> like everybody else has a lot more subscribers oh and okay following base than i do but i'm happy where i am i i like uh I like where I am. So do you think that you actively make decisions sometimes that you know are, are not going to be the most, uh, I don't want to say successful, but are not going sure. to reach as many people, but, in, but they, for, for whatever reason, you find it to be appealing? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, maybe it's a bad decision, but I just do, I follow a certain aesthetic. I follow a certain vibe and there's a lot of things I don't like in the tech space and I can't do them. No matter how many more, no matter how many more views it'll get me. Can't do it. I'm an artist at heart. I've gone to art school. I've always been a designer and artist. And to see, you know, I can't make compromises. You're sounding kind of elite right now. You know that, right? <laughs> I know people. 
people disagree with me when I usually bring these kind of points up. But in the end, I want to make things that I personally am very proud of and things that if I saw this as a viewer, I wouldn't be like, hey, that thumbnail, why is your mouth open in that one? I mean, why is this title like super misleading or... You don't I mean, want to be... You don't want to uh, mold yourself around the machine too much. Yeah. Which it's a fair position to have. It's not the best decision, obviously, but well, it's... It depends on what best means. Yeah. Uh, this type of thing is, is all over the place. It comes back to that philosophical uh, conversation around... Uh, well, the you have the difference between the message itself that you're making and then the the art that exists in getting that message out there exactly cuz that's a, that's a creative endeavor too distribution but there's a weird kind of feeling that you have when you apply the same criteria that you have towards creating something to how to get it out yeah if for whatever reason it's a slimier feeling to it i know what you mean and there are some times that you kind of have to do it. And other times there's ways to do that in a way that you feel good about it and viewers enjoy it as well. And I feel like there's just a, a very careful balance. And I mean, I don't get crazy, crazy numbers. I get decent views, I would say. But I feel like if I made different decisions, maybe I'd get more views. If I posted more often, if I uh, put my face in more thumbnails, I don't know. It's one of those balances, right? Oh, absolutely. And you got to feel comfortable with it in the end yeah. because there's a... I mean, there's so many ways, there's so many landmines, so many ways to go wrong. I talked about it time and time again that um, it's no manual to it. Yeah, It's a trial and error type situation. And regardless of what you're saying around scale, it is a thing you've been doing for a while now. So it must be, there must be some sort of positive uh, feedback, some sort of a reason why you're yeah. still doing it. I mean, I've gotten just excellent responses from viewers and not everybody understands what I'm trying to do or people just don't, that they don't get it. But I find the algorithm brings the, the best people in. I know there's obviously <laughs> haters. There's haters. There's haters out there. But I mean, <laughs> the people who come to my videos, they like the, the thumbnails, the colors, the fonts, and they love the videos. And I get great comments. Yes. And I interact with a lot of the, the viewers on Instagram or Twitter. And we all have similar interests, which is shocking. Yes. And it's just one of those things where the algorithm, the almighty <laughs> yeah, I was algorithm. Say, Thank you, great algorithm, <laughs> for delivering the right followers. And it's different per platform, too, as I've learned. Like, I heard, uh, you know, the convo with uh, Matthew Moniz, where you're talking about TikTok for a bit there, too. And that brings a whole different audience. So those TikTok viewers would hate my YouTube videos and I guess almost vice versa. So it's one of those things where it's part of the experience learning what this almighty algorithm per platform can do for you or and how to take advantage of it. I mean, I haven't figured it out completely. I know a few things here and there, but sure. it's all about learning, as I'm yeah. sure you're aware. Yeah, and learning and compromise. This is exactly. two pieces to it because you may even have some intuition about algorithmic behaviors and mm -hmm. but still not want to play that game. Like It seems to be the case that, that that's, uh, that seems to be your position on certain elements yeah. and listen i know i can speak for myself i can't speak for everybody but i can't imagine that too many people like some t some type of over, over the top pose for a thought like i don't know who enjoys doing it 
Do you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah, think I we can talk. I think that's the part of the work where we've heard this thing that every job has something in it mm-hmm. that you don't like. Yeah. I, I, I think in many cases I chalk that portion of it up to that tedious component of if you care about something, you put all this time and effort into it, then aren't you willing to bend the rules ever so slightly here exactly, in yeah. order so that you can continue to do it? But again, it's it's a super fine line. So you know a lot of people in this space. Have you been out here? Are you networking? I mean, you said uh, Matthew Moan is like, yeah. what's going on? There's a Toronto scene happening. Yeah, no, and I, the Toronto scene is incredible. Like Dave is incredible, uh, Accessorize Me, Matthew Moan is. There's so many great creators. When you say incredible, what do you mean by that? People, like, I find, no no disrespect to U.S. tech YouTube, but I find, like, Whoa! hey, no, no, I, I got, I got, no disrespect, no disrespect. I find Canada has, like, a different vibe, you know? Mm. Like, there's just a different atmosphere with all these videos. Whoa. And, like, you see a creator, and, it's, and things look so different sometimes versus the U.S. side. And, I mean, the U.S. tech YouTubers and U.S. creators are incredible. I have some people I really look up to, and it's awesome, but, like, you know, there's Dave Lee. There's, there's Dave, Dave, Lee, Dave Lee is out there somewhere. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, who knows where he is? This is like a concrete uh, concrete bunker, it looks like. Yeah, I was talking to him while, while he was – I think he actually came here shortly after uh, that room was constructed okay. over there. So I asked him a few questions about it. But it's it's interesting because it's not completely devoid of personality. Like for whatever reason – the aquarium was important to him. <laughs> oh, I respect that. This man understands. <laughs> he's like, he's like, it, the, it can be a concrete, essentially prison cell, but it has an aquarium. It has an aquarium that, in it. That's what we love about Dave, honestly. He's yeah. the best. No, D- Dave is cool. So, but when you when you uh, say that he's a, he's a, an amazing guy or whatever, I don't remember what word you use. Is this just strictly your interpretation of his channel, or do you have a personal relationship with him and these other people? We've met. We've met a few times. Uh, I borrowed his boosted board once. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that got me into electric uh, rideable vehicles. Wait and... a second. So you yeah. guys have a real relationship going on. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. That's pretty cool. He's a cool he, never, guy. Uh, he never lent me any boosted board. I don't think <laughs> feeling left out over here. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember when boosted boards were the thing. Man, ever since seeing Casey ride that board, I was immediately convinced I had to get one. I bought all the cheap boards, tried them all out. They all sucked. And then there was the uh, boosted board that was like, damn. And, and then, then the company goes under. Yeah, which was very sad. I mean, I just sold mine recently. I got an electric e-bike situation, and I, I kind of much prefer it. Mm. But I just, the idea of these electric vehicles is just fantastic. What are you doing with this e-bike? Explain it to us. Uh, so I use it for all my commuting. Around the city, uh, I use it for exercise in the evening some days. I'll turn off the battery. It's so heavy, so it's an extra workout, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just a lot of fun to whip around. I park it up, coffee shops, groceries, restaurants, commuting. And uh, what, what are we looking at as far as living with it? How much are we recharging? Mm-hmm. What do we have for range? What's yeah. the longest trip you've done on it? These are, I'm curious. <laughs> well, living with it, first and foremost, we were talking about earlier my tiny condo situation. It's parked in my living room right next to my <laughs> dining table. <laughs> it's like an extra chair, but it's kind of a vibe. Right. And uh, I mean, it's, I've gone from, you know, around the entire city with this thing. It has last like 40, 46 kilometers or something of range, something crazy like that. And mm. it's pretty quick and uh, it's a lot of fun. 
I mean, there's been some close calls. Right. In, in Toronto, you know. Right. <laughs> but I'm very thankful to the city for actually trying to make it a bit safer with bike lanes and... So it is a bike. You still can. Yeah. It's still considered a bike, even though it has exactly the electric motor, and you can use it with the throttle, essentially. Yeah. The the sad thing about the Ontario bike situation is thirty two kilometers an hour is the max throttle speed you can hit. Otherwise, you got to get a license. So you'll see some bikes. I think even the um, the Beachman electric bike that's dropping soon. It's limited to thirty two kilometers an hour in Ontario, but in BC, it's something like double or more. So you're about to, you're gonna have to figure out you're gonna have to hack that software or whatever. And they are mostly all hackable. Oh right. With like certain tools from AliExpress or something, but that's beyond my pay grade. This so. is what it looks like. It looks like a yeah. Motorcycle. Oh, that is cool, man. And it's 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 so sick. But you would feel kind of like an idiot if you buy one in Ontario and you're stuck at half the speed. Meanwhile, it can go like double or more. I don't know what the exact specs are, but it's a sick bike. No, we're gonna find a way around that. Oh yeah, the third. No, that's not gonna be a problem. What? So it's uh, forty-two hundred bucks. I think so. Is that the one? Yeah. Beachman sixty-four e-bike. What? It's made to look like a motorcycle from nineteen sixty-four. Is that the idea? It's so dope. It looks like their other bikes, right? I think. Uh, yeah, nineteen sixty-four. That's the one. So it's stuff like this that you know. I just love electric vehicles and. Here's the problem. It has sold out across the whole lineup over here. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're they're hyped up. I think it's just a pre-order situation. Yeah, Indiegogo, but they'll deliver it. It's a it's a reputable brand, I think. Not a sponsor. I'm just, you know, I thought it was cool. I like how you threw, I think, at the end. They not an endorsement. <laughs> They've been around <laughs> since 1964. I mean, uh Have they know. actually or are they just inspired by 1964? We need no. to be clear on this. I went to a bike shop in the in the junction and they had all these old ones and uh they're they're legit. Beachman What's going on in a junction these days? It's it's kind of sick. I, mean, I used to live near there. Oh, really? Okay. But it wasn't as cool when I lived there. Mm. Um, one of my favorite spots, there used to be an Italian spot over there with um, good, like, takeout pizza. It was called Vesuvio. They just closed, right? They just the closed because of the pandemic. And that brought mm. a tear, a single tear to my eye because it's, it's tragic. Yeah. I used to just be over there. And what was funny about it is right across the street from Domino's. <laughs> So they would like sort of look out the window and sneer at anybody that was walking in there instead of over there. Mm. But, uh, but what's going on in the junction otherwise? It's pretty sick. I mean, uh, a lot of condos going up, obviously. That's right. what happens. But it's one of those little areas where it's just kind of a vibe. You know, there's coffee sure. shops, grocery stores. Shout out to Junction. It's, uh, you know, older buildings, nice architecture you wouldn't see downtown, for example. I like areas of the city like that mm -hmm. where they're very just kind of... They were they, it, the ones that were grimy a minute ago. Yeah. Because they still have a little bit of that going on. And it's like, it's, it's, just, it's character, right? There's a little bit of grime is, is nice. Adds character to an otherwise, you know, just kind of. Yes. Yeah, there's some cool buildings like that one down there. You yeah. don't get that downtown, do you? Maybe. Well, you got, you got the one uh, St. Lawrence Market over yeah, there, Flat, the, uh, Flatiron? No, that's yeah. in New York. But it, they, lo they, it looks like that. They, they call it the flat iron here. But I it's mean, like it's just a style. Like yeah. It looks like that. But Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I love Toronto. I, uh, it's been a dream of mine to live here. I've mm -hmm. been living here for three years, and I, I love the city. Not everybody shares the same sentiment, but I feel like... Did you know at a young age that, that you were trying to get to the city specifically? Well, this is kind of sad, but the first time I went to Toronto was when I was 10 years old. And that was like a life-changing experience 
because I'm out here living in a very, very small town. With, right. Um, the closest bus stop was 20 minutes away by like you have to walk to it. Right. And uh, there was no big towers. The tallest building was the movie theater. Right. And for me, like how seeing, small of a town are we talking about here? Like, I, I don't know what it's like now, but I remember I want to say it was like maybe 12, 15,000 people. Okay. Fairly pretty small town. Yeah. yeah it was just um, just outside of Hamilton. Ontario. Mm, mm. So it was one of those things. Do where, you mind saying the town? Or oh, no? yeah, sure. Ancaster. Ancaster, okay. And, um, is that near like uh, Grimsby? Or is that, like, I'm trying <laughs> no, to pinpoint in my head where that is. Oh, right outside of Hamilton. It, I guess it's part of Hamilton. Ancaster with, a, with an A. Oh, not the, uh, not the uh, plane. <laughs> easy, easy, Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's shout out the Look at that. Considered to be an affluent bedroom community. It, uh, Were you affluent? No. No, so <laughs> it's it was a nice it was a nice little area, but uh, when we moved there, there was nothing. Like there was just houses, grocery store, sure, movie theater, and I mean, uh, my parents spent all their money just trying to get a nice small house, and they were not that as much as they are today, um, because it was just I mean Hamilton's improved quite a bit, but back in the day. Hamilton was like, it was not the best place to live. I mean, our house was falling apart. There was like bats in it and stuff. There were people walking in the backyards with knives. You know, it was one of those things where this is not a good place to be. And Hamilton has improved quite a bit. Yeah, I was going to say, there's some person watching from some other place in the world. And they're like, so what, Hamilton? How dare you? You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but you're right. Like, as far as around here terms, because this is, I mean, as far as spots to be born on the planet is a pretty gentle spot to be yeah but in relationship to that gentleness like hamilton was one end of the spectrum and i recall but uh yeah it's like a lot of things around here it's not as uh, rugged as it once was exactly and uh you know that's it adds charm to a city right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but so anyway so you have this visit to the city to toronto and you're like i'm gonna uh, wait 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 you're 10 and what happens I mean, I see billboards for the first time. I see uh, buildings that are ridiculously tall. Mm. And maybe the billboards was kind of what got me into advertising to study that later on in life, but that's a whole other thing. But just seeing the city and seeing this, this just these crazy towers and the, some of the condos, and I thought, wow, this is a whole life outside of my little cozy uh, Ancaster home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was always a goal, something I never thought would be achievable because of the prices and everything and just it's it's a lot i mean it's a lot to get used to and over time it was something i've worked towards and i had to i went to school at, at ocad of downtown. course and for me that was uh you know that was the reason why i was able to move and of course business and stuff too there's some great how was how here. was ocad are you what do you say what would you say to a youngster like never mind ocad specifically mm. but they want to go to a school like ocad they want to be mm. uh they want to get into something creative. What's, what's the ROI? What do you say on that? I think it depends on what This is an plan. art school, by the way. Yes. I just didn't even, I need to preface it. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead. OCAD's an art and design school, and uh, they, they do all the stuff, everything art-related to design, advertising, writing, illustration. Uh, I'd say, like, depending on what you're trying to get into in life, like, depending on the, the, the subject, think about how you can study yourself and think about how a school can help enhance, you know, your learning. Because some things like film school, for example, a lot of people say like, oh yeah, just don't go to film school, study on your own, you'll learn more, whatever. And in some cases that makes sense. 
you know, if you have access to the gear, you can spend a little bit on a camera and use online resources. But I find a school like OCAD, full of other creative people, like the people at OCAD is what was the best experience for me. Great profs, students who are very like-minded and having great discussions. And I work with a lot of the people from school on projects or I help them with their projects and vice versa. So for me, I think like, if you're trying to go to university or college, I recommend thinking about what your long-term goals are and if a school can help you reach those goals. There's a lot of cases, depending on the course, obviously, they can help you reach for the stars and achieve your things. But now, especially with the changing job market and just how things are online, you can learn quite a bit on your own too. Mm. And a lot of people are just not going to university or college because they can learn a lot on their own. And mm -hmm. a lot of these big companies, Google, Apple, whatever, might be wrong, but they don't even look for, you know, like diplomas, degrees anymore. They want to see creative, smart thinkers. And that's awesome, I think. Yeah, you have uh, probably different advice for different people. I mean, some people are self-driven and they can get a lot done without really being yeah. pushed or needing a systematic approach like they or they may, may have their own systematic approach um the inter, with the internet as a resource it's true you can learn a lot but you still need to have the intent and mm. concentration there's a lot of distraction over there too oh there is yeah so there's a lot, a lot of ways to get off task i think it's just it's been a somewhat uh, hot topic of conversation especially around uh, the money spent on post-secondary education and then, mm. Around here is one thing, but you got some hefty. Oh yeah, you got some hefty bills, and you're fresh. You're fresh out of it. I don't know how you financed it, but some people, where they're sitting there paying student loans for a long period of time, and maybe feeling as though they didn't get they didn't get it back as far as their yeah. job opportunities after getting out of there. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's. It's tough, and I hear terrible stories about people who are still paying off their student loans their, their entire life, and that's, that, that shouldn't be a thing. I mean, you know, people should be able to get educated if they want to, and, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation. Mm -hmm. But in your case, it all worked out. It worked out. I mean, there are some long nights I wish I had skipped at OCAD, and I wish uh, some assignments I didn't have to do, and... You know, there's a lot happened, but I, I'm generally positive about it, about what I learned and the people I met. And it changed me as a person, I find, too. It really pushed my love for art even further because, I mean, I've always liked art. But seeing everything from a different artistic perspective and learning from other people how to approach things and be a better artist is what was very important to me. Today's sponsor is HelloFresh. HelloFresh. This, it got me, it allowed for the cooking to come back in the kitchen. Mm. And there is just something about a meal that you interacted with when you saw the ingredients that went into it. You didn't have to guess. You know what it's made of, and it's fresh ingredients, and they make it simple to come up with these dishes. I mean, I probably wouldn't be making a peachy keen a barbecue rub pork chop. Like it probably wouldn't happen. No, no. But HelloFresh sends it over, and next thing you know, Chef Lou in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it, it, you're in a pinch as well. 
and they even got meals on there and i mean time wise and they even got meals on there could be ready in like 15 minutes which that's almost the fastest fast food right there one pan cheesy black bean tacos 15 mm -hmm. minutes ready to go sometimes the thing could even be chopped up oh yeah hellofresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes easily change your delivery day food preferences, and plan size, and skip a week whenever you feel the need to. Go to hellofresh.com slash lulater14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Thank you to HelloFresh. Today's sponsor is also brought to you by DoorDash. Today's sponsor is brought <laughs> Today's episode is also brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash, man. That's an easy one for me. This comes in handy so often when I even started to do a thing because because you can order pizza direct, mm. but all your stuff's already in DoorDash and it works so well and you track your order. It's just more advanced. So that's the thing I've been doing recently is even when I'm ordering pizza, I'm going to the DoorDash app because it is just more streamlined and all my stuff is in there. Mm -hmm. makes life easier. And then also another thing that has happened recently is the mixed orders. Sometimes my kids, they can't figure it out. Some variety. And so some we could get one thing over here, one thing over there, or you could even find the ghost kitchen spots that have multiple items. Wow. That you wouldn't even expect would be together under one roof, one delivery, but multiple genres of foods and desserts and so forth. I was eating a pumpkin cheesecake the other day. Wow, don't go crazy. No, I was eating a pumpkin, yeah. seasonal pumpkin cheesecake the other day, Cheesecake Factory. Mm. So don't goof around. Get your DoorDash going. Hurry up. Yes, this past year has taught us to savor every moment together. Spend less time prepping and cooking and more time with the people you love with the help of DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on the first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LULATER2021. That's 25% off up to $10 of value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LULATER2021. Don't forget, that's code LULATER2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. So tell me something... Tell me something that you love about YouTube and this job and something you hate about it. Yeah. Um, I like being able to do whatever I want. Mm. I like every day being different. I like waking up one day. I'm, you know, trying out this phone that nobody else has. The next day I'm out in Germany in a, in a car that's unreleased. Next day I'm just sitting at home thinking of ideas. I'm at a coffee shop one day drawing. Like it's, uh, it's always different. And I mean, this is what a real day in the life looks like. I'm just at the computer all day for, in this case, 48 minutes. But, uh, you know, every day is different. Every day is a different experience. There's opportunities to learn new things, try new things, experiment. People tell me directly, I don't like this. I do like this. And that inspires me to try to do more things and push the game even further. So I like that. I like the idea of flexibility, freedom, creative expression. You know, it's one of those things I, I just I thrive off of, I find. You talk about uh, getting up in the morning. What time is that happening at? Ideally, 6, 7 a.m. 6 or 7? Yeah. You hold yourself to that? Yeah. Is I, there an alarm involved or does it happen natural? There are three alarms. Three alarms. I got the Google Home Mini. Okay. I got the iPhone. Right. I got the Apple Watch. 
And there's probably one more I'm forgetting. I got to wake up, coffee, first thing. Of course. Yeah, no, I'm in that. I don't even think I'm, yeah, it's one of those, uh, I question my functionality until the coffee hits. Sure. I'm a sort of zombie on my way to try to uh, um, configure my coffee. I'm, I'm a zombie and, 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 and I'm, I'm not even feeling confident that I'm going to be able to execute. And then yeah. somehow the coffee magically happens. So, you know, one of the weird habits I've had, by the way, you didn't say the thing you hate. Yeah, yeah I'll get to that. Want me to do it now or? Yeah, go ahead. Do it now. Okay. Do it now. Do it now. I, I was going to go on a tangent, so go ahead. <laughs> there isn't much I hate. I mean, on some occasions, like you're filming A-roll, it gets tough. You're shooting a thumbnail. You can't figure out what to do. Can, you, you know? can we just dig into that? Right there. You're filming A-roll. A it gets tough. A-roll? I think A-roll is my least favorite. I mean, I like talking, but when you're... Uh, For those you know, that are wondering what he means, he means when he's on camera talking to a lens alone in a room. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's. I, I like yeah. to let people in no, to no, no, what no, the, the reality that. of the strangeness of the enterprise. Yeah, so I'm sitting in a room. I'm talking to the camera. The light, I got a big uh, light storm aperture thing it's beaming down on me 78 percent is the light i have out of 100 mm. and uh it's it's getting hot it is i got the ac on in the back you do i gotta make sure it's not too loud because then it comes through on video yeah. i uh i mess up a line i mess up another line i repeat the same thing over and over again Ooh. i try to make it work i try to just be uh, as ex full of expression as possible mm. i gotta keep it interesting but then after a while you know, it comes to a point when I've just been recording for 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. My camera's died once. My SD card's now full. And once it's all done, I check back and I realize, oh, hey, I messed up that line. I got to go re-record this. And it just becomes a whole process. So A-roll is probably my least favorite. I'm getting better at it. I'm practicing my best. But, you know, it's a tough one. That's a tough situation. Is, uh, it's also tough to edit yourself. Yeah, that's, a, that's brutal. Brutal. You're staring. Okay, so you've done this thing where you've recorded looking into the lens and you've set up the light and you've you've hit the button, you've changed the focus, you've, uh, I don't know if you've prepared words you want to say, maybe you have, but regardless, you've laid down this track and then you're going to take you to the computer in most cases, maybe an iPad. I was watching your day on in the life of the iPad. And then you're going to look at your face for the next two to three hours. Uh, and you notice a little piece of dust on your shirt. Or, yes. And it just. You and, 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 and you're sitting there saying, did I say that like that? Yeah. Do I look like that? Is that. Did I phrase that like that? And there's a little, a little tiny. If, if you're healthy, if you're a healthy individual, then there's some some kind of self hatred in there. Oh, there's a lot of that. <laughs> as you edit one, as you edit yourself. Yeah, that's it's a tough, it's a whole tough thing. But once that's done, it's usually pretty smooth sailing. I get to do my B roll. I get to do my thumbnail, and I like editing. I find it's the most exciting part. And for me, mm. I could never get anybody else to do it because that's what brings the whole thing together. Mm. Is just the final vision, the music, the the way things flow, that's the, uh, I think that's my favorite part, putting it all together at the end. I completely agree with you, by the way. However, well, and you have been doing it for a long time. I was going to say, after 10 years, I, some of the, the, some of the pain points I was mentioning as far as staring at your own face started to feel surreal to me. <laughs> it started to have a strange 
impact or effect on yeah. me where I was like, imagine the next 40 years mm. of, or it's like a time scale thing where everything is still new and exciting and you're feeling it. And I mean, look at the whole style thing you're going, you're 22 years old, you're, you're down there, you're moving around on the electric bike, you're having a time, yeah. you're having a time. And you got the aesthetic with the thumbnails and things like this. I suppose for me, and maybe this is a problem, but I start to look at the extreme. I start to look at the extremity. Mm. And then, and then I, or I start to zoom out and try to look at the whole picture and then determine, and maybe too, mm. with, maybe too uh, bluntly, but I try to determine what do I really, what, what do I want my day to consist of? Oh, okay. That makes sense. What do I, what do I, where do I want these two, three hours to go? Yeah. Um, and the driving the thing yourself, actually, that's been a real struggle for myself and a lot of other, other people in online media is to figure out how to eventually relinquish certain controls as the progression takes place. But it's, it's not, to, it's not to say that you even have to do it. You might go along this this trajectory and just be fine you're just you you just that's your thing and some people do it and they do it very well but uh i guess yeah giving up control on certain things and focusing more on other things is something to do over time as you learn as you grow and you realize i can't look at my face for you know this whole editing process while i'm you know cutting through a roll so it's i hope to do it over time but i like to control a lot of aspects of my production it's just, I don't know. Well, it's one of those things over time I'm sure I'll learn how to do. But right now I like doing things a very specific way and following that path of I have control over the thumbnail, the video, the A-roll, and the edit. And there's no... You have control over everything. I have to have control. Wow. <laughs> hey, man, it's, everybody's got their own thing. You know, one thing, I was listening back to a little piece. I had uh, Maddie on here. Uh, the video went out like today or but just I, went up. whatever it was yeah. it was it was two days ago i don't know what will was doing with it why it came out today <laughs> i just do it you know? no thought episode it. 007 damn uh anyway yeah and i was listening back to a little segment of it and uh it got me thinking about how in some ways our ideas and our execution of ideas is yeah. formulated around our surroundings and our limitations presented by our surroundings. Oh, yeah. And and then there was a piece of it where I was talking to Vince from Accessorize Me where I was saying, oh, yeah, I used to do a top-down shot and then voiceover because my studio was a closet. <laughs> right? I, I get that. I 100% understand that. Yep. It's weird. In, in a way, you conform to the capabilities of the production. Yeah. And, and then... You, I think you really start to witness this when you build a space like this. Yeah, it's it's you know the possibilities are endless. And exactly, and right. then you say to yourself, why should anything be like? And because sometimes it can be too many. Yeah. Sometimes it can be too many possibilities. You start to realize how the YouTube language has been shaped around whatever people's available studios looked like. Yeah, and for me, like you know, having a tiny, tiny condo, it's changed how not only I live, but how I do my work as well. Like uh, I'm, I converted my bedroom into a, a studio, pretty much. I have a folding Murphy bed now. You know, it's one of those things we got to compromise certain aspects of your own life versus your work life if you do everything in one specific place. So 
Yeah, here we have, oh, here we have a demonstration of it. There you go. That's do, it. Do you take some sort of pride in being able to accomplish all of this in such a small amount of square footage? I guess a little bit of that. I mean, it's kind of sick. Some days you realize, wow, I, I can do all of this in this tiny space. But then you also you think like, what could I do if I had a little bit, like I had one more room, just one more just room. One room. And I feel like just being able to put my bed up like that was what, uh, Push me to go for a bit longer, you know, change my entire uh, entire process. Oh, this is the situation where you're a kid and you move your bed to the other side of the bedroom. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden it's a whole new room and it's yeah. a whole new life. That, that's what I did originally back in, uh, you know, when I was starting out YouTube is I moved my bed away and put a desk in there, little little light set up, little table for A roll, B roll and spaces are interesting i love what living spaces do for yourself and mm. for your work so you were telling me about a video recently where you set up an <laughs> ultimate living room yes tv setup 2021 and apparently you took some heat on it or you were yeah. this is what you told me just before we started rolling that people weren't feeling it the infamous video yes oh it's it's infamous my I was, goodness i mean yeah it's it's uh it's it's an interesting one so for me this i saw this one house uh just, just looking at houses in person and... Wait a second. Looking at houses in person? Like an open house. <laughs> You're trying <laughs> so to buy a house. I, I'm, I'm just looking, seeing what the market's like. Hmm. It's, a, it's a goal in the, I would say the short term. It's also fun to just go to open houses. It's kind of sick, right? Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> It's but, like you're letting me in the house right now. I just get this. Well, it was like the middle of COVID. So for me, like saying in person is, uh, you know, right. it sounds a bit weird. But right. you know, seeing these online 3D camera tours doesn't compare. Sure. But I saw this place that was an old parking garage. Like not an old parking garage, an old uh, auto shop. Mm. And you could tell it was from like 1930 or something. And mm. it was concrete floors. And the outside was just a cube. There was maybe a couple windows. Very cold. But the people who live there changed the entire scheme of this building and turned it into this incredible home. And that really changed my view on architecture in general and living spaces because you're taking this thing that's traditionally industrial and used for a whole different purpose and turning it into a living space that feels warm and inviting and different. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about Toronto is a lot of these buildings, they, uh, they used to be something else. And now there's something completely different, like a tattoo shop that was once a old bank. They got the vault door in the back. That's kind of sick. Oh, yeah. I, man, is a I'm trying to remember the restaurant I went to. I don't know if it's still there. COVID did a number, but you see this sometimes where a restaurant will go into an old bank and mm -hmm. the coolest room to sit in that you would have to book would yeah. be the vault. Like Taroni. Uh, downtown. They so is, to, is it Taroni? I was thinking. No, it's not Taroni, though. That was an old jail uh, court and jail setup. Because they have a jail in the basement. They have all the bars and stuff. And yeah. at the very top, it's like this lofty, beautiful space. Toronto, yeah. I was thinking further east on Queen. Hmm. The nose it has a big nose on the front. Yes. I don't can't remember the name of it. I don't know the name either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's actually a good restaurant, but who knows? I was there a thousand years ago. <laughs> uh, but see, that's the trouble with all the condos, though. Yeah. Is it's it's much more efficient to knock down the cool spaces exactly, and just make it as generic and suitable to as many people. It's like YouTube thumbnails or something. Yeah, it's kind of sad. You know, I just love the character of these old buildings, and mm -hmm. it's sad to see a lot of that original, different architecture just all become the same gray slabs with windows that are falling off after 15 years, and it's, it's kind of sad, but... 
you know, it's that's how it is. I so guess. I go sometimes. So you're in this space, yeah, and it's inspiring you. It inspired me. It changed how I view houses. I mean, this place here, I would live in this space. If I could. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm a bit weird like that. I guess I just there's just something so interesting about you a don't. Space wouldn't that you is, need like a window though? I'd like to have a few windows. A like maybe just two windows on yeah. a, on a wall, on somewhere. Yeah, I could just park up here, you know, bed, yeah. table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that space changed how I view things, and I was able to access this gallery to make a little setup because I was really inspired by something that looked similar to this house, and I wanted to try my own hand at it. And I had this idea and to, to make like a gallery-inspired loft living room setup. And it was an ad for Samsung. They, they, uh, they, you know, they sponsored the with the TV. It was an 8K QLED, and it's a crazy TV. For sure. But uh, I made this video, and I thought, you know, all my close people I know from art school and stuff, they all thought this was the sickest thing. And I'm yeah. like, this is so sick. We finally executed this after months of planning. And then immediately people are like, this is cold. This looks terrible. Looks like your parking garage. Looks like, uh, you know, it's uninviting. And... I understand in some capacity, but I also feel like it's tastes are different for everybody. And this was a big learning experience to me for me to see how people really perceive things and see how I might think something is fantastic. Other people think it's garbage. Mm -hmm. And I learned quite a bit. But in the end, I'm still proud of what we made. And I think the people who did understand, I got some great comments from them saying I like the Bauhaus aesthetic, the uh, brutalist style. And it's one of those things where that's what YouTube does. The almighty algorithm, once again, it brings in people who, like, what am I doing here? This is like a garage. Other people are like, this is the sickest space I've ever seen in my life. And I totally get what you're doing. I like the, you know, the books you're showing and the music and the... Well, what's interesting about that, though, as speaking on the algorithm front, the thumbnail is the room. Yeah. So... You, you, know, yeah. you, you clicked on it. You already didn't like it. You know what you're getting yourself into. I mean. Yeah, if, you're, if you made the comment that you hate the room, you knew what the room was before mm. you decided to put yourself through 7.51. 7 exactly. minutes and 51 seconds. Yeah, I mean, that was an interesting one. And then on TikTok, it's a whole different story. It got a lot more views, but the audience was, once again, split right in half. Some people really, really understood, and they got it. But then a smaller amount of people like, this is not it. This is terrible. Mm -hmm. You it's, messed up. The tough, um, it's a real tough position to be in where you're uh, trying to do something different, but at the same time, you're also aware of what's suitable to most people. Yeah. And I, I, I got a video coming up with, uh, with IKEA, and I think, wow. I, I think a lot about well, companies like IKEA, where they have so much influence mm -hmm. over what is the norm or what is widely appealing or acceptable yep. because they solve the convenience problem and they've found so many efficiencies in design and then also in distribution and, and so on. But I think about the workshopping around a new product for a company like Ikea that has to be capable and suitable globally in all these markets and at a very specific price. And it has to be capable of being transported easily because of the type of people that are going to pick the thing and pick it up and wherever it has to be moved to. Speaking of small condos, you got an elevator. It has to get up there. It gets, exactly. 
you try to think of condos without innovation in furniture and it's just like your mind goes wild trying to figure it all out. But sometimes I just like those sort of thought experiments about the difference, the gap, because they, I mean, they're not a typical, they're the biggest furniture company in the world, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't think of them as typical. Like it, for some reason, when I picture somebody who's mad at that setup, I picture them wanting like a big fabric couch that I know. completely gobbles them alive. Like they, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what people expected. And I, I, I'm just curious when people say like such like it looks like garbage, but like, like what were you looking for? Like, what is the setup? This is my ideal setup. But what does your ideal setup look like? Do you look for a huge couch? Do you want mm. like a, a shag carpet? Do, do you want like, uh, you know, mahogany, this and that? And that's just not me. I mean, right. growing up, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. And so it was kind of a forced minimalism I grew up in. It's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe that's what's inspired a lot of my taste today is just this forced idea of minimalism. So you didn't have a big fabric sofa at one time in your life? It was from Ikea. It was a, like a black leather $200 sofa and it was nice, but that was like one of four pieces of furniture in the living room. We had a TV that was like a CRT, you know, mm -hmm. for my entire life in that house of so 16 years, we had a CRT TV from, I guess, the early 2000s up till 2015, which is ridiculous when you think about it, right? Whoa. And um, the first piece of tech I got was an iPod 4. And mm. I used an iMac G3 for almost most of my young childhood life. So like having all these old pieces of tech and having very few things to look at and work with inspired my taste today and in my condo now i have a lot of stuff but it's all things that i've surrounded my myself surrounded myself with things i love instead mm. of just you know i like minimalism as a concept but i've kind of grown a little bit beyond just nothingness i guess what uh, what is a memorable tech acquisition that comes to mind formative uh big moment oh i got this thing for me, that was the iPod 4 and then the iPad 3 after that. Uh, my aunt bought me those and mm. it was the... My aunt uh, was on the was supporting the tech? <laughs> yeah, she got me into it. I mean... Really? It was the... Yeah, that silver-backed one with the camera, the first camera one. And getting this little piece of tech... Everybody had iPods at school and people even had like old Blackberries their, phone, their parents gave to them. Mm -hmm. And getting this little iPod that could access all these games and the internet and put music on it and... With a camera, I could shoot very simple videos and take photos, and that was just like game changing. It's so mm. thin, it's so polished. Sure. And then getting this iPad with a huge screen, the complete opposite. It's like a big iPod, right? Mm -hmm. And those are very memorable for me to really change how I view technology, going from just this old computer to these super fast, compact devices that are infinitely faster than this computer. And uh, those are pretty memorable, honestly. So your aunt is is uh, supporting this interest of yours. Were your parents against it, or they just didn't have the means to pick up this type of stuff for you? I would say that it was just just money's a problem. You know, we we're trying to save as much as we can, pay off whatever was left of the house, and that really consumed a lot of life at home. I mean, it wasn't a great childhood. Beyond just that, there was other things happening, and it was just the way I see it now is this gray haze of I don't remember much. There's a little, few little moments here and there. I pushed a lot of stuff to the back. Oh, I should really? probably go to therapy. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of in therapy right yeah, now. Well, Unbox the, therapy. The, yeah, I mean, people have mentioned that, how, how uh, 
We have all the elements. <laughs> we have all the elements in place here. Except it's broadcast to like millions of people. Don't worry about that part. It's not <laughs> a big deal. What are you talking about Will's cameras that he's pointing at us? <laughs> Eventually they melt away at yeah. some point. There's cameras here? Exactly. Yeah. See, you didn't want to wear the headphones, but you see, they're not even there anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, we try, try to create an environment and let people talk about whatever the hell they want to talk about. Yeah. I would encourage, I mean... If you think that there's any any uh, anything useful for people who might be interested or listening, like one thing that one thing that strikes me about some of the comments on this channel specifically, and I, I don't even think it was an intent. It was just like it, 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 it was just transparent for us mm. after we started doing this. Ha- not having the editing process and being, what if we just talked and then posted it, right? Yeah. And it, it's not that it's not innovative at all. But all of a sudden, there's all there's uh, so much more information. There's so much more explaining and so much more texture where all of a sudden you feel like what you're doing or saying is true, finally. Because yeah. the process of taking things out or formulating or presenting, let's say, is the process of deciding which words and terms are useful, considering your agenda, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, in a heavily edited video, you can't really talk about all, all your, you know, your upbringing and things you like, things you don't like, how you feel today. And it's good to have a nice, just uncut video where you can just speak your mind. Yeah, intent is the component there, where when you have a edited um formulated video around a subject or something like this there's this really strong intent which is obvious from the moment that you click on it like what the pattern will be you can predict where things are going to go you might be have a little surprise or novelty here and there but it's not going going to go completely into an unexpected direction it's something it seems to be something that happens through conversation i know this is getting very meta right now but oh it's all good but we even on this show previously we're talking about the news and it's like me and there's a bunch of news stories and yeah. and it's like i'm getting through these news stories efficiently and maybe there's a slight take here or there or a little rant or riff but it's still just my own voice swirling and uh fatigue sets in at a point compared to conversation in which you can be prompted or in the moment um, have a memory or a recollection or an inspiration, or you can have a thought that seemingly came from outer space. Yeah. And you're just like, oh yeah, that, that's interesting. Or maybe I'll take that with me or keep that or hold on to that or u- utilize it. Or it's a much more uh, unexpected endeavor for those that are involved, but also for those that are watching. And so we've gotten some comments from people that apparently find this to be useful. Yeah. And apparently um, find some sort of relationship, even though they might not be YouTubers or even content creators, but where they would be, oh, I can relate to that particular thing about that particular person or the way that you were thinking about. That's a beautiful thing thing too, right? It's just, you would never think you can connect with somebody over your, your love of a coffee shop or the way you were brought up or the town you lived in not just a specific town, but like the general vibe and atmosphere of a small town versus a big city. And that's one of the most beautiful things about making videos for everyone, Mm -hmm. the internet. Relationships, being able to relate and therefore through the ability to relate, 
the opportunity to no longer feel isolated, to no longer feel like you're the only person going through a specific thing. Yeah. Because it's been a very isolating time. It has been. I think a lot of people have dealt with, you know, themselves. Like for me, it's been a revelatory time the last, I guess, two years now, just seeing what I want to do with my life, where I want to go from here, what are, what's important to me, what's stuff that I can leave behind and move forward with. And it's been a lot of time to think beyond work, which has been a, what I've been doing a lot of. It's been a time to think about myself and think about how I can be a better person and where I can go into the future, you know? Do you think that it's important to leave things behind? Certain things. I think a lot of things I've been through, I've grown from them and they have brought me to where I am. But there's certain things I just, I don't need to think about this anymore. These people, they don't need to be part of my life anymore because mm. it just brings me down and just puts a halt in my workflow. So it's maybe not the healthiest way to approach things, but there are certain cases in life where this has played its course. I am done with this now and I am moving on. So there are people that you have made a conscious effort to cut out of your life. Yeah, I would say so. Are they aware they've been cut out of your life? I'm sure they're aware, yeah. <laughs> but has there been, was there an actual conversation about it? No. But it's, it's, for me, moving to Toronto was like escaping a lot of just this dark past and mm. leaving behind things that were not ideal, mm -hmm. you know? And it's sad, but it's just I feel a lot better now. I'm happy where I am, and it's... Uh, just part of life. I mean, people, if you're going through something now, it doesn't mean you're always going to have to go through that. And there are certain life changes that you can make to move forward. And I don't mean this to get dark and depressing, but I mean, yeah. I, mean, I don't find it to be dark and depressing. I mean, it's certainly not in your case where you're forecasting so well into the future that you're, you, you have an optimistic kind of feeling around you that like the, that, that there's something better happening right yeah. that's a step in and of itself is and and i'm curious about that the importance of that you you how much time do you spend focusing on the future well i mean as, as you probably know with work right now like uh it's it's a busy time with mm -hmm. tech releases and it always is i don't get much time to really think about what i want to do five ten years from now mm -hmm. but i know in the back of my head i don't think youtube is what i want to do when i'm 30, 35, mm. I don't know. I, I'm still working on what that future looks like. I want to start like a, a media company or something that goes beyond just YouTube as a platform where I can work with brands and influencers respectfully because there are some agencies that just treat influencers like dirt, which is <laughs> disgusting really when you think about it. it. You've had these experiences yourself? Of course, yeah. We've all had those experiences, right? I mean, there's brands that especially with younger creators. There's mm. people who are like 12, 13, they're growing wow. up. They're getting into this world that, that you know we're used to now, and I'm still learning. But like, I feel like some agencies, not really brands, I feel brands are always very, I've never had one bad experience with a brand in my life. But it's always, there's some agencies out there that just are predatory with the terms in their contracts, or they put like simple things into really complex language that, you might, even if you're really experienced with legalese and you know what you're doing in your, in your position, you might gloss over. And I feel like it's a scary thing for these 12, 13-year-old tech YouTubers who are very talented. They see a bright future ahead. 
and then they get locked into some contract that ruins, you know, their experience. So I hope to one day create something that is fair to brands and to creators in a very, very fair, consistent way. Mm. And it's a tough balance, as I'm sure a lot of these agencies that I might be talking about, it might be tough for them. They have to meet certain goals and hit certain numbers. And I understand that. But I feel like when you treat creators disrespectfully, you're also ruining your experience. You're ruining your experience with the brand, the client. Well, here's the thing, though. In your case here, you're speaking from your point of view. Yeah. Your point of view is in reference to your own behaviors. And you'll be like, Yo, why you treat, treat me like crap? I'm, I'm doing, I have the best interest in mind. I'm doing things right. I'm not so sure all influencers follow the same rules. Oh, true. Believe me. I bet you there's some wild stuff out there as far oh, yeah. as expectations and timelines. And I've personally probably been a part of them. <laughs> right. And, and, and so it is a, it is certainly a balancing act, isn't it? As far as the brokering of these groups that it seems have a future working together, <laughs> there seems to be no way around it. Let's 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 dig in there though. Okay, let's I gotta watch in. what I say. No, no, I don't want any specifics. <laughs> yeah, as I'm far not, as I'm, it's I like, just want an example, and this is again for those creators or even those getting into business. Period. Yeah. Right, because that's really what it is. Where does the leverage live and, and how do you value yourself or what you do and how do you not over or undervalue it? How do you find that number? But anyway, yeah. anyway, outside of all that big picture, let's get small picture for a second. Mm -hmm. You had a bad experience. I did. With a brand. What happened? I don't want specifics as far as who the brand is. I just want to know what went down. It's It's not really like... A lot of experiences come together from various brands and you just realize like, why am I being treated like this, you know? I feel with contracts especially, I read them multiple times. I'm not the most experienced legal expert, but there's certain things that might slip past you. The way they're worded or the way that they're just incorporated into deliverables or content pieces. And you gotta be very careful. Like some brands will bring in things like long-term lifetime of licensing. And I'm sure you're familiar with those terms of a brand can use your content in perpetuity or whitelisting for a certain period of time. And you might miss that when you're reading it the first time through. And maybe that's on me. But it just feels like for a lot of people who are just getting into it, it might not fully understand what, like, how severe that could be. If a brand has your entire lifetime to use your platform to whitelist content, meaning use, you know, put an ad out there and use your platform as the vessel on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Like you could have millions of subscribers in a year going from like a thousand to a million. Let's just say that'd be a crazy example, but you know, it, it th things change in your life. And it's one of those cases where you agree to something and then your whole, everything changes and you're still agreeing to that one. thing. So you agree to one of these things. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, but there's other things as well. There's other things as well. But it's what just, happened because of this agreement, what was the outcome other than your discomfort now that they could potentially do this thing in the future? I mean, did they actually um, exercise this ability via the contract or were you able to untangle it and say, hey, I'm not cool with that? Well, at a certain point, it's you've signed it. Sure. And there's other things too, like uh, there's just, strange behavior. I don't want, I can't get into specifics okay, on, right, on right, certain right. things. All right. But okay. We're going to leave it there. I just feel like 
there needs to be a resource where creators can go mm. and they can see, okay, this is what this term means. This right. is what perpetuity means. This is what whitelisting means. This is what licensing means. This is a tip with how to sell yourself as a creator, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how you should speak to brands, do your due diligence. I feel like there should be a good resource out there, whether I make it or somebody else does, that helps people achieve their dreams of being a creator or an influencer, I guess. Right. It's funny because I've had a couple conversations like this now where uh, creators themselves are looking to solve problems they've encountered in the past yeah. through uh, Maddie was talking about trying to launch a service almost like masterclass sort of where yeah. you could have an ongoing um, how to type thing with the uh, other prominent creators mm -hmm. and they would each tackle certain topics that they um, have struggled with or figured out or whatever, something like that. It's we do we we do have the the opportunity to gather this insight because we're so deeply embedded in it and it's those personal experiences that might sting more and therefore you're like this will never happen to anybody else yeah um maybe it is uh some sort of a platform that actually uh, makes those connections forces generic more generic agreements one pagers that are yeah. just very descriptive i know other companies have tried because i've been doing this for a bit Mm -hmm. And I've talked to everybody, <laughs> maybe not everybody, but there, there have been legitimate influencer marketplaces. Yeah, no, I've seen quite a few. Well, yeah. They where, come and go. Yeah, they come and go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and, and I wonder why that is. I wonder why none have really uh, taken hold or been successful. I think often brands and agencies are maybe more persistent or more persuasive mm. and, they find ways to get what they want. And, yeah. but, but I don't know yeah. that that's exclusive to this space or if that's just business. Yeah, honestly. And I mean, I said a few things about agencies that aren't great, but in the end, that's my industry. Like I studied advertising and I would say 99% of companies I've worked with have all been wonderful. Mm. 10 out of 10 agencies, brands, excellent experiences. I love what I do. I love the people I work with, but it's just some things rub you the wrong way sometimes. And it's not just that the dealing with uh, brands and agencies aspect, there's all these scams flying around now on in Gmail or whatever email platform you use. You're getting like, like it's disguised as a collaboration with Logitech, for example, but mm. it's some company in Russia who, if you click the link, they access your entire channel and it's a crypto Elon Perfect. Musk thing. <laughs> and that's happened to a few people and it's like, it's scary. Mm -hmm. And as a creator, you get an email from Logitech. I'm clicking that link right away. Oh, you know, it's one of those things where you got to watch out and, and like, is uh, it fair to say at this point in 2021, never click a link in email? Period. Never. Never. I like to hover over them, <laughs> see if it's like a proper, you know, it shows about the bottom. This is a proper link. Too dangerous already. Don't even hover. Don't even because you're close to Don't clicking hover. at that point. I'd recommend just, I've even asked brands before, I don't want to click the link and you send me a PDF or send sure. me, even that's dangerous too. They can include attachments that are, you know, I mean, that's. You got to be very careful. And I wish, I, I don't know what to do in some cases, you know, you just got to play what makes sense from what you've learned in the past. If you have a relationship with a certain brand, a certain rep, that's good. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can't be too careful. I mean, in my, uh, one of my everyday carry videos, the latest one, I brought an iPod with me with all my passwords on it to Germany. Mm. And that like, I, everything is offline. 
All hmm. the passwords are on this little iPod mini. Serious. Not connected to the internet. And I know it's a bit ex- extreme. Some people said, wow, this guy is uh, he's out of his mind. Right. But in a world where your whole life. In a world. In a, in a world. Your whole life is online. It's weird that I came back around <laughs> since we were goofing on the mics before it even <laughs> happened. But go ahead. Yeah, but like in a world where your whole life is online, right? And one wrong move, mm. you know, you lose everything. That's your whole career, your whole business just gone. And YouTube has been good getting back people's channels and Instagram is okay. And I'm sure Twitter's fine, but it's just, it's scary. Like, can you imagine one day you wake up and just everything you've worked for is gone? Mm. And it's, yeah. No, it's ter- watch yeah, out. Don't click it, links, people. It's terrifying. And Will, Will did it the other day. He clicked a link in his email. It was from Twitter. And I immediately was like, dude. Slapped the mouse out of his hand. I was like, dude. It was on, it was on his phone. Uh, and it turns out it was okay. But, yeah, it's uh, we got to get to a certain point where there's, like, some sort of un, unwritten or written rules around. Because you got all kinds of young people. And who, who knows what's going on? You're expected to learn about all this. Yeah. It's one of those situations, you remember when you're a kid and you feel like the adults are, have it all figured out. Like mm-hmm. They're the ones driving the cars and paying taxes and uh, one day you'll figure it out, but then you become an adult and you're like, nobody has anything figured out. Yeah, honestly. I've, kind yeah. of situation. Mm-hmm. This is The internet is like that where everybody will take whatever they can get. The latest scam on our thing, and actually I'm glad you talked about scams because I really – don't know how to interface with this scam, but it's the giveaway scam where where people are actually uh, contacting these WhatsApp numbers. That's what I was just going to say. That's the latest one is there's WhatsApp numbers. Hey, you want to talk to me specifically? Here's my WhatsApp number from an Unbox Therapy branded channel. Every day, every video, and people do it. And then so I see on social media that they send 50 bucks and... And obviously it's working or they wouldn't keep doing it. The scammers here. Let me say it once and for all. Let's hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, if I'm doing a giveaway, there is 0% chance I'm asking you for money. It's not going to happen. Don't send money to anyone ever. The most I would ever ask you for is where to send the thing. But even that would come from an official communication. It would come from an official Twitter handle or or elsewhere. Click on the profile. See if the profile is actually the Unbox Therapy channel, for one. And for two, just never send money to me. I don't want your money. <laughs> so even if you thought it was me, it's not me because the person is asking for money. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's a bit frustrating because I don't want people to get screwed up. No, exactly. And like, what what do you do at that point? You feel bad like you've, People trust you. They trust your name, and then they're getting scammed for from just random people. And it's it's wild. We're out here in 2021. The scams are still hot. Can't believe it. The, the <laughs> this stuff is still going, and the emails and the comment sections everywhere. Man, YouTube comments. I wonder if they'll just shut it down one day. I have a feeling they're gonna do something because it's a wild place. The comment section. A lot of it's good. A lot of it's you know related to the video, mm-hmm. and some of it's just like, how is this still here? It's 2021. Yeah, I know. It feels like the internet from 10 years ago inside of there, and a lot of websites turned off comments. I don't want comments off because... It's, it's mean, all part of it, right? It's all part of it. And, I mean, you mentioned have, have feeling inspired or energized by something you yeah. read. If you get good at comments as a creator, you pick the ones that are energizing and you skip the ones that are not, and you just get good at it. But you can't expect everybody else to, to have... Uh, 
the same approach to reading comments because it's not like people are professional comment readers. They're just in there <laughs> casually. And, and, and some of the comments hurt too, right? You, you see a comment that really hits you. And mm. I, I find with hate comments, most of them I can learn. Like there's always something, a bit of truth from something. Like if, if somebody says something negative about me or the video and there's a little bit of truth in there, it's not like a complete saying you're stupid. Okay, mm. let's, what's that going to do for me? But if you say something like, oh, you're, you know, you're talking you're very monotone. Oh. Or there's, or there's just like a little nugget of truth in there. It's, you can learn from that and you can improve your content and improve as a person over time. But when it's just like hate for the sake of hate, like racism or whatever, who does that benefit? So there's a, it's tough to read comments. I'm getting better yeah, at just avoiding except, that. Except one way of looking at that is uh, to come from a place of sympathy, which is is an odd thing to yeah. say because your initial reaction is possibly anger or, or um, uh, confusion. Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell is this? But then there's a w another way of looking at it, which is who's the person who wrote this and yeah. what does their day look like? What does their life look like? Because yeah. I don't know about you, I'm not out there commenting a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, you probably maybe uh, – do you comment? I reply to okay, comments. Okay, okay, yeah. you comment. Okay, no, 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 I don't I, know. I don't know why. I just thought you might uh, I, comment. I've, I've, I've pushed pushed it back a little bit, but I still comment. I mean, okay. I, I reply to comments. I'll comment videos from people who I, you know, they've, they've done a good job. Right, but friends you or, don't comment nasty things to people. <laughs> I, I would never. I mean, I've never left a dislike on a video. I've never said some terrible thing. I just don't like. Who does that? Who is that helping? But that's my point. That's simple for you to yeah. figure out. Oh no, I get it. So it's, to try to yeah. put yourself in the shoes of the person that feels irritated enough. To do it, it's like uh, we talk about it around here in the office. You, you ever been really hungry? Always. Okay, so you ever notice when you're really hungry, all of a sudden you're you're a jerk, and and but for some reason your mind isn't connecting that you skipped a meal. Yeah. It, it, it's I imagine some people's lives are like that, where yeah. they're hungry but not for food. They're hungry for something that's not happening. And so, therefore, they find themselves in these in these positions where they're saying things that they might not even really be behind had they caught a meal in life. Yeah. And I don't mean an actual tangible meal. No, no, no I know what you mean. Like. And so then I look at the comment, and and it's it's a little easier to breathe. But you're you're right. There could be one that you could utilize that could be constructive. Yeah, and there's been plenty of those comments across my career, I guess. Just little things that say, oh, your microphone sounds awful, or why does the background look like you're in a hostage situation? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where you, there's there's sometimes some truth, and there's a lot to learn. Other mm -hmm. times, I'm just going to not read that. Yeah. I don't need this. Not useful. So you got a monotone thing going on? I mean, you can tell by my voice. I'm not the most expressive, but I've grown quite a bit from earlier videos. Actually, I was feeling like this right here was... Okay. Maybe there's so. something going on here. You're up. Okay. You're down. There's nothing monotone about about this right now. I appreciate that. So maybe part of it is the challenge of of uh, ha having to do this this whole thing by yourself. Is is what should your tone be? How excited should you be sitting yeah, there in a room by yourself? <laughs> exactly. It's one of those weird things. Where I don't be like so excited sitting in a room all by yeah, myself yeah. and. You know, my neighbors walk past and like, what's this guy doing? Yeah, just shouting. Just screaming into the I'm, microphone. I'm probably guilty of attempting <laughs> such things, but it does help 
to have people around from that standpoint, the yeah. psychological health standpoint, yeah. maybe as much as any sort of tactical uh, element, like we were talking about relinquishing control with the actual production of a video, but then there's also the relinquishing control of needing to uh, have such a surgical environment. When you bring yeah. in other people, all of a sudden it's dynamic because there's all kinds of unknowns. Yeah. What is it? What are you going to say today? And how am I going to respond and react? So for me, that brought a lot of psychological health. Yeah. And the whole psychology of being a creator, especially one that does freelance, can be a whole interesting thing too. Working on your own, working, you don't know when to stop working. Your days turn into nights. You're still going on a project. What are the rules? Yeah. There is no rules, right? And you can go from you know, with a traditional job, you would count how many hours something takes. And that's how you get paid versus, you know, when you're working on your own freelance, there's, there's no limits. When mm -hmm. the thing is done or when it's due, that's it. And it's, it's tough. YouTube.com slash Canoopsy. That's C-A-N-O-O-P-S-Y. That's me. Let me know on our way out here, what happens for you in this channel in the short term than what happens for you in this channel in the long term? Short term first. Yeah. In the short term, I plan to keep on making tech and lifestyle videos as I've been doing, learning, experimenting from here on out, trying new things, bringing new, uh, new ideas, new video styles, do my thing and try to get out there even further. Long term, I hope to continue making videos like this, bridging off into new categories, bringing more of my interests into the tech sphere. I do love tech and I try to bring as much as I can into this space as well as build my business beyond just tech and, and, and just YouTube in general uh, with my website, working on wallpaper collections. And it's, I want to just keep expanding, trying new things, living my dreams. There you go. Thank you so much for joining here today. This was a wonderful experience. Thank you for having me. I had a time myself. I was happy to be sitting here. It was, uh, it was just something that I'd like to do again, actually. I'd love to. Next time I'll bring you a coffee as well. I know you said you didn't want one, but I'm I'm still feeling like I couldn't enjoy drinking mine because I was questioning whether you... I'll hit that coffee. Wh whether you truthfully wanted one, but were being polite to say you didn't want one. Either way, thanks again, man, and uh, we'll see you again. Thank you for having me. It's yeah, an honor. You got it. Peace.